Welcome to show number eight of Living Well TV, the podcast that discusses topics of interest that impact your quality of life. We're here today in the Crane Arts Building in Philadelphia with eco-activist and artist Shai Zakai. In this interview, she discusses her work, Forest Tunes, the Library, which has toured the world and was part of the global warming at the Icebox multimedia show in Philadelphia. Today's program is sponsored by RAM Productions. RAM Productions for all of your video and new media production and post-production needs. Visit them on the web at ramvideo.us. I'm Becky Winant. I'm here at the Crane Arts Building in Philadelphia, and I'm here with artist Shai Zakai. So, Shai, you just took me through a wonderful tour through your your forest, which was a lovely experience. Um, I would like you to talk a little bit about your background, and then we can uh, get to the forest again. Mm -hmm. Um, But you call yourself an eco-artist, and Mm -hmm. if you could kind of um, frame that. What does that mean to you? What, what does that mean for the work that you've been doing as an artist? Well, simultaneously, I'm a grassroots activist. Uh-huh. I'm an environmental activist, one of the environmental leaders in Israel. And I, I made my vision consisted of uh, three tracks uh, to, that I did simultaneously. So the, the first one was to actually build a non-for-profit association of artists and scientists to create a dialogue together for um, finding unconventional solutions for environmental issues. Mm-hmm. So I founded the Israeli Forum for Ecological Art. This is one track <laughs> in my vision. Yeah. The second was to create uh, an ecological art project in Israel that would serve as a model around the world and in Israel mm-hmm. specifically. Uh, that can show how art can be a kind of a essential bridge between ecologists and industrialists, be- between decision makers and the community, mm-hmm. and how art can bring t- all, of it, all of this together in a kind of a holistic approach uh, to create a better, a better environment. Right. So what I did is in this track is um, created a model for cleaning streams around the world. Uh, this project is called Concrete Creek, 99 till 2002. And I actually made this, uh, the, the people that were responsible for the contamination of the stream, the quarry owners, the, um, the cement truck drivers, right. all of them to collaborate with artists and with uh, the, the Ministry of Environment and with um, um, scientists. I worked there with botanists and hydrologists. Mm-hmm. And I made this three years project in order to create some kind of a, of a laboratory right. that involves a mosaic of Israeli people to work together around this uh, damaged that, stream. That seems like an amazing accomplishment. Thank you, yes, How, I think. Did, did that take you a long time to convince people? That? 
Well, this is why it took three years. And oh. it was, <laughs> okay. part of it was a bit yeah. scary because people didn't yes. like what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, it's more convenient to yes. continue um, damaging it. All, all they had to do is actually recognize that there is a stream next yes. to the quarry and next to the cement factory and that there is a, it's, it's essential to, to guard it. And it's, it's the open environment is not something that belongs to somebody else. It's us at the same time. Right. So I think these two tracks, and, and I will tell you the, uh, the third one, it goes together because it's a practical project that can show also right. artwork and community works mm -hmm. and ecological works all together. And then the, the association that can actually influence environmental policy because I'm a member of the um, umbrella organizations of all the environmental organizations in Israel. So wow. I can uh, get uh, um, in real time what mm -hmm. is going on and yes. then make my um, opinion about it. And then the third trick in my vision is to enter, to insert the ecological art uh, theory into the academia. So I, uh, I established a whole course, year course, yeah, on ecological that. art. Yeah. And even uh, and what was amazing to me is that the, the major, the most important university, the Tel Aviv University, invited yeah. me to teach an academic <laughs> course under the title ecological art, which means that I'm really one of the pioneer um, ecological artists. Right to do it. I have some colleagues in the United States that are actually doing it, and it seems that it's always artists that moves the, the art right. into, into uh, opening its borders to other disciplines. I agree. And I love it. Yes, yes. And I love it that we are not inside this tiny border of art, art for art's sake. Right. You know, the, yes. the, the huge debate, art for art's sake or <laughs> art for something else. So I'm for art for social change. Yes. And if we talk about social change, it means specifically uh, I, I would like to invest in, in uh, responding to environmental issues right. through the visual language. This right. is a very, very hard task because you don't give up the art in the process. Yes, yes. Well, I have to admit that when I uh, just from the very beginning when I started reading about you, preparing to come and do interviews and come to the show, and I went to your website, and then I took notes and wrote and looked at some things, made my impressions, and I've gone back, and, and my little journey, uh, I just, uh, I am very, uh, I am so impressed by what is apparent to me at, uh, at an immense amount of dedication on your part to make this come so alive yeah. and become real. Um, how did, how did <laughs> Forest Walk start? Tell, tell me oh. about that piece in particular. Um, actually, it's not uh, like a regular artwork that you just enter your studio, you close the door, right. and then you just paint or whatever. It, it's not something that you can, this kind of project that is an ongoing project for certain years mm -hmm. already, you cannot decide on one minute that it starts. I didn't know that it started. Ah. Suddenly I saw that I have okay. a project, you know, I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't recognize that I have such a big project because I, I'm doing this according to, you know, a very deep sense of devotion right. in, in me that needs to uh, express itself. 
-hmm. And I have, I have uh, things to say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and when I saw the, the vast amount of deforestation around the world, and the fact that we, as human beings, do not recognize the fact that if we cut the rainforest, we actually damage ourselves. We, do, we don't do yeah. the connection. Yeah. We don't do the connection between cutting down trees every minute, a vast amount of trees, illegally most of it, and the, the fact that we are g going to have less and less oxygen. In yeah. the, in. So this might be one, one of the connections to global warming, actually that um, if, you, if you know the statistics, the last statistic says that between 35 and 50% of all the species around the world will disappear within the next 25 years. So if you know that, as, as an as environmentalist, environmental yeah. leader, I get these statistics into my computer without even asking, mm -hmm. and it makes me very, very sad. Yes. Yes, and since I'm not a, you know, a clerk in mm -hmm. some office, mm -hmm. I'm an artist, I use the visual language, my art, mm -hmm. in different media because I do also writing, mm -hmm. I do video art, and I, of course I'm a photographer by train, this is my profession, mm -hmm. and I, um, I'm doing sometimes mixed media and installations and three-dimensional art and public art. So I use these elements, that these, these various media in order to um, transfer the ideas that I have because of these uh, amazing and, and frightening statistics, mm. I use the media in order to transfer these ideas and to make them more understandable to the public. Because if you compare the work of an ecological artist to an, a scientist, for instance, right. the, we are the same in the process. I'm monitoring the environmental issue that I'm investigating. I do the whole process of monitoring. Mm -hmm. I photograph the whole um, uh, levels while I'm investigating. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the process, the end of the research, the scientist would write an article yes. saying, writing about his consequences. Yeah. I would go out and, and, and write a, a book or an exhibition. Mm -hmm. But the process itself is the same. Mm -hmm. So what happens is, when I, I saw in Israel that the scientists, of course they write in a non-popular language. Yeah, right. And then it doesn't me. reach the public. Right. So I think it has a major, major task right. of the ecological art, artist to bring about the, the artistic um, knowledge right. into some kind of a language, a universal language like the art, right. to the public so they can understand. Make I think real. we have really, in this, in this 21st century, we have a very big task to do. And I, I'm happy that I'm one of it. It's not easy, I can tell you. <laughs> I, it's it something that drives easy. me for the inside. It's not right. uh, payable. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, you must have a lot of energy because yeah. it seems you have many projects. I did um, look at the Concrete Creek uh, project um, and I, it was just, amazing to me how much you transformed uh, what was going on yeah when do you okay so if you know you didn't know when okay Forest yes tune started thank how you, do you for know, how do you know when it ends yeah it doesn't it does it never okay. Okay. ends okay. but when I have a, a certain amount of artwork that I can see that it's okay to take it out of my 
two eyes and two hands and show it to other people, then it's, right. it's a kind of a station when, when yes. I can show it already. It doesn't yes. say that it ends. So what I did actually in this process is when I saw people, people's indifference actually towards their own environment, like, you know, people that are cleaning uh, three times a day, uh, inviting cleaning lady, pay a lot of money to clean their own house, <laughs> but throw away the garbage yeah. and they are not interested where the garbage is going. Right. So it, it seems to me that we still don't own the open spaces that we live in. Right. We feel that we are owning our own apartments, but we don't feel that we are owning the empty yard that in front of our house. Mm -hmm. So the whole thing is how to make people see the little details, the small, the unseen details mm -hmm. and levels of their daily life. This is what the, right. the, this global forest yeah. uh, is about. And I think that if people will come and read the stories that I wrote and open up the boxes and sit there mm -hmm. and feel the, the experience, get the experience of the whole journey Yes. collecting leaves from 19 countries for 13 right. years right. and in 170 boxes, right. what I think is that it will have this kind of in influence that uh, sometimes you, you have it if you make like um, meditation mm -hmm. or guided imagery yes. or even yes. sometimes you feel it when you go on a peak of a mountain. Right. You stand on a peak of a mountain and you say, wow, Yes. So what I'm saying is that you don't need to, to reach this um, sublime nature. Mm -hmm. It can happen in your own life, in your own daily life, this, this sublime feeling. Right. But you have to take responsibility for your life. Right. So what I think is, one, the, the, the public that will visit the exhibition is actually going to be influenced in a way that it has to awaken mm -hmm. something that is now slipping inside them, some right. divinity yeah. that is inside each one of us. And it must be uh, like some kind of a awakening mm -hmm. by getting the experience through the, the exhibition. Maybe I'm, you know, assuming too much or hoping for too much. I don't know. I, I, I think if uh, people come and take the time uh, to sit down and actually be in the library uh, and open the boxes and read the stories. I, uh, I, it, to me, my experience was, uh, you know, I told you I first looked at the pictures of the library and it looked like, well, it kind of looks like a sterile library and okay, is this supposed to be a conceptual representation of an archive or what? And then seeing the boxes, seeing that they were filled with things and the, the real grabber for me was was the little piece of paper that had some story. Uh, some, of the, some of the stories you wrote were personal for you, uh, a family member, a uh, story, little story that centered around the plant uh, that was related to you or your family member. Some of it was talking, there was one that was talking to the viewer. Right. You were using you, you, you're the person here, yeah. I'm, I'm talking to you. And there was, I came across one that was a poem that somebody wrote to you. Right. And I, I just thought, wow, this is so rich. And I, you, you, you can't not want to be involved and, and look at that. That just sucks you right in. I think if people um, 
don't feel timid. And it's sometimes, I think, a little intimidating in art galleries feeling like they can't right. touch anything. Right. But to come in and actually participate. Actually, uh, this is about touching. It is about it's touching. It's an invitation yes. to sense, to use all senses. Because these leaves Please have... touch. Yeah. These <laughs> leaves have music. Yes. They have uh, yes. color, the eyes, they have smell, yes. and people are invited to touch. It's, yes. Yeah. It is, it's a wonderful journey, and everybody's journey is probably their own, but, I mean, you put together your own journey. I mean, right. just your building of this. Could you talk a little bit, um, again, about um, the aspect of, um, of the boxes? I thought the story of the boxes themselves was kind of interesting. You mean the recycle? Yeah, your recycled Yeah, so boxes. the whole exhibition is a recycled material. Mm -hmm. my, my partner is an industrial designer, an mm -hmm. exhibition designer, so he built out of uh, waste that he has out of his yeah. projects. Right. He built a kind of tripods, yes. uh, sh um, shelves mm -hmm. in a shape of tripods in order to say something about this uh, these boxes as, as a nature relics, mm -hmm. you know, something that is sacred and saved. And the boxes are, uh, themselves are also recycled. It used to be a forest, mm -hmm. of course, and then it used to be a paper. Mm -hmm. And then it was uh, shoe boxes, was built as shoe boxes. And then I took it into my studio and I use it as a kind of a camera obscura, black boxes, uh, in my workshops. And now there are boxes in my... <laughs> Leaves in my four so students, the library. <laughs> <laughs> so as those shoeboxes left the uh, student workshop, they kind of started to become the uh, forest tomb. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, I, I think that is, is really interesting. The journey that you had has taken you to how many countries? Where, 19, 19 countries. 19 countries. Yeah. And so that is an aspect of the journey itself. Right. Uh, were these places that you went to purposefully because of something there? No, or? it's um, actually what, what I did also with the forest photographs and the library is that, that since it's a, such a, it's a project that spread on so many years, I didn't do something that is specifically for the project. But what I did is that I entered this collecting of leaves action okay. into my daily life. Okay. And then whenever I do something, mm -hmm. I collect leaves simultaneously, whatever I do. <laughs> so the, in that way, it became more authentic and more genuine to me because it, it reminded me of all the places that I've been. Usually it's places that I was invited to show an exhibition or to give a lecture. Mm -hmm. In Korea, in Japan, I represented Israel in the World Water Forum. Uh, the, the World Water Forum Convention yes, yeah. in uh, South Africa. I represented Israel in the uh, Earth Summit and I gave a lecture there and I showed some of my work. So in different countries where I came, I uh, collected the leaves in order to, to right. remember what happened there. I think, I think back when I was a small child, I loved to collect leaves. You know, when the temperature changes here, um, and the, the, a lot of leaves on trees change color from green to yellows and pinks and blazing orange. Mm. And, you, you know, and pick up, uh, you know, I, I get to learn about trees by, just by doing that. I right. picked it up because it was pretty, and then I'd find it was a maple leaf or something yeah. like that. So did, did you do that when you were young? Of course, well? yeah. yeah. And I think, and I also, uh, I still do it. You still do it? Yeah, obviously. it's... it's yeah. I love it because it's, um, 
it's, it reminds me, also I'm a photographer, so I also take photographs. Mm -hmm. But the way of preserving those tiny leaves that nature already dried it for me, yes. and then I pick it up, I never pick up green stuff, right, but right. It, it really moves me. Mm -hmm. And I think what, what also is important to say about this forest, leaf li uh, forest tunes, the library, is that actually what I did here is I exported to the United States a carbon reservoir. Yeah. You know, because the carbon dioxide that we uh, release to the air, and this is what one of the major causes of, uh, causes of global warming, mm -hmm. the trees absorb the carbon dioxide mm -hmm. into its roots and its leaves and its mm -hmm. branches and into the tree trunks and into the soil mm -hmm. next to the tree. And this is very important to understand because they store it into the body of the trees in the forest for the rest of their lives. Right. Which and means that all these leaves, if you connect it together, it's a carbon reservoir. That's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, it makes me think of um, when you look at an old tree that has fallen and they start to cut it up and you can see the rings inside. Right. And they're different widths based on the uh, climate of the year, whether there was a lot of water and growth and it was mm. warm or... And that, that's interesting. Yeah, so yeah. the leaves themselves. Right. Yeah. One of the phrases that came to mind when I experienced your what what your work was was how you are really just reframing um, the experience of of nature into a very unique perspective that helps helps us see things a bit a bit differently. And I I, I found that um, amazing. Uh, how strong the impression is when you go through of looking at things in a different way. I think it's that devotion that I told you about. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's urgent for me. When I wake up in the morning, yeah. it's urgent for me to do right. something for the environment. It's like right. a disease. <laughs> it's I need to do something in order to make people see the, uh -huh. the, infectious. the task. It's infectious. Yeah. Yeah. The task that we have. Right. in order to protect the environment. I think this, this is a very crucial time that we are living in. in. Yeah. And it's not, it's not a, a fairy tale that we are in right. a dangerous time right. where we can easily get to the end of the world. And then you'll have to come to this library and remind ourselves how nature used to be right. before we well, actually wound it. Maybe if people go off in a spaceship, they should be taking your library yeah. with them. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'd like to thank you very much for spending the time. It's been delightful and uh, delightful <laughs> meeting you. you and looking at your artwork. Thank you very thank much. You. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by RAM Productions. RAM Productions for all of your video and new media production and post-production needs. Visit them on the web at ramvideo.us.